In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello and welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host, and this series is in cooperation with Cinda Virtual, which brings you thought leadership from leaders and businesses all around the world. Now, you can learn more about Cinda under www.cinda.org. Now, this show doesn't only bring you leaders from all over the world, but we also have listeners from all over the world. So, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be listening from today. And if you're new to this series, let me tell you what this series is about. Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact globalization, digital transition, and the connected world is having on our organizations and what this impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we've talked about everything from business issues such as artificial intelligence, digital transitions, to leadership issues such as gender balance and business values and ethics that may impact your organization or your individual career. So please download this series on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and listen to us live every Tuesday, 3 p.m., um, specific time. And you can listen to great advice, leadership success stories, stories you can learn from, motivate you, stimulate new ideas, and possibly be even the key to your success. I invite you to connect with me on leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or go to the website leadershipbeyondborders.net. Let me know what you want to hear about on this show. If you're a leadership position or aspire to be on, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week and we will make sure that you take away something useful for either your business or yourself. And today on to our subject, a really hot subject today. Disruptions on computers date back to the 70s, but the first major internet attacks date back to 1988 when a worm known as the Morris worm installed itself on computers, infecting and damaging about 10% of the internet. Since 1988, the internet has exploded, and with the increased growth, growth of the internet came increased and more sophisticated ways to infiltrate the connected world. And over the last years, opportunist cyber attackers could be found almost everywhere. And then came the pandemic, where practically every part of our daily life began to take place virtually, providing cyber attackers with a new sea of opportunity. Chris Versace reported, in the first 100 days of the outbreak, the number of coronavirus-themed spam messages increased by 26%, while the number of impersonation attacks jumped by 30. At the same time, Russia-based hackers have been stepping up ransomware attacks against U.S. companies, leaving us with many questions like how sophisticated have these attacks gotten and how can we protect ourselves? And in this episode, we're going to speak with an expert on that subject. Um, Our 
guest today is Dave Cronister, and he is the CEO of Parameter Security and Experience, and he is an experienced and proven forensic investigator and inf- on information systems and security information professional. He is highly sought after by organizations of all sizes, and his expertise in building and maintaining corporate security programs in some of the most heavily re- regulated industries, such as financial, government, and healthcare, is world known. During his professional career, Dave was the architect for the AG Edwards Electronic Messaging System, the largest exchange server deployment at that time. At CyberSource, he served as a technical liaison to various credit card organizations where he developed payment and compliance standards. He was also a technical advisor with numerous medical and dental practices, helping them meet HIPAA compliances. Recently, he served as chief technology office for a 600 million bank holding company for over five years prior to starting Parameter Security. Now, Dave is featured on CNN, Bloomberg, NBC, Fox News, ABC World. His insights have been featured in publications such as Fox Business News, CNBC, CBS, CIO Magazine, and many more. And we are very, very fortunate to have Dave talk with us today on Leadership Beyond Borders. So welcome to the show, Dave. Hey, Kimberly. Good to talk to you again. Yeah, it's good to have you back. My gosh, this yeah. is great. And so, Dave, you know, let me just start with the, the big question on everybody's um, mind. You know, these recent attacks, okay? Yeah. Um, you know, the systems that were breached at the Treasury and Commerce Departments. I mean, how the heck does something like this happen? Yeah, this one is huge. And uh, so... Basically, it's what we call a supply chain attack. A company called SolarWinds is a network monitoring software. And and what this software does, companies will use it to just keep track of the system health, network health. And so they have access to pretty much every system. Unfortunately, uh, SolarWinds had a bit of a security issue and allowed Russian hackers to install malware specifically Trojans, in their update package. And what this did is when companies went to update their software, as they should, they installed a Trojan. And all a Trojan does is give someone complete access to that system without having to go, without having to breach a firewall or any security issues. So all of a sudden, hundreds, if not thousands of companies were now accessible to these Russian hackers. Uh, Kimberly, this is one that you may have seen in the news. This is big enough that there are cybersecurity experts wondering if this can be considered an attack worthy of starting a conventional war over. Um, Very big companies got hit very hard. And at this point, we're still not even sure what all got compromised. Wow. I mean, that big. Um, And... I mean, just from the from the security point of view, um, there wasn't enough security in there to stop this, or or is just so sophisticated now. Um, you know, they, uh, what has happened in the development of these systems? Unfortunately, we like to use sophisticated to let people know we're trying. Uh, but the problem is, this wasn't very sophisticated. Um, what happened? Somebody at SolarWinds got a little lax on their security principles, and 
the hackers were able to get in. We don't really know yet how and put this in. And then what ended up happening was organizations are so used to SolarWinds doing the right thing, everything working, that they did not test their patches like they were supposed to. The other problem with a Trojan like this is because of the way all operating systems work, we can actually install it in a way that will cause the computer to lie to itself and tell itself it's not even installed on there. So you're almost at a disadvantage from the beginning on these. These are these the Trojans are the type of malware that security professionals fear the most. They're almost practically invisible and they give you full access to everything in your in your network. Wow. And and these Trojans, I I mean they're different than they were 5 years ago, 10 years ago, 2 months ago. Um you know how How's this development going on? Um, it seems like these hackers are getting more sophisticated, even though this one case was probably not as sophisticated as we as we're led to believe. Yeah. So let's uh, let's let's clear another myth. Trojans have had all of the same functionality this one's had ever since the beginning of the two thousands. Mm-hmm. The, the the thing is is if this tool keeps working, why change it? Mm-hmm. Um, minus a few more features. Uh, you know, it keeps developing because it's a program. Trojans are actually applications, remote ex- administration tools. We call them rats in the c- cybersecurity world. Um, people realized instead of uh, attacking systems, they could make money by selling these. And they will sell Trojans that they can give a software guarantee that it will be undetectable to viruses, uh, virus detectors up to three rewrites, and they may only charge $300 a year for that. Um, and they're making a lot of money. So uh, it's just the way that these are set up in different countries. It's not illegal to sell these. You know, in America, it's considered First Amendment to allow to write programs that you want. Other countries, it's not actually, it can, it's a tool that can be used for hacking, but a lot of people go, well, this is for you to monitor your own network, and they're able to skirt the law that way. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, and when you think about what's going on um, right now, especially during the pandemic, and I, and I want to come to, you know, talking about just the sophistication of the, the, the healthcare organizations and right. the hospitals, and there's been inc- increased attacks on those also. So what's right. happening in that arena? So that one is a bit different. Um, mm-hmm. These are phishing attacks. So people are sending emails. Now, what you're doing here is you're exploiting human beings. And uh, it's called social engineering. And it's basically if you can get people to feel instead of uh, thinking logically, um, you're able to convince them to do things they normally wouldn't want to do. And this is common in our society. Think of marketing. Think of every political speech you've ever heard. They don't talk about facts. They talk about emotion. Mm. With, uh, with uh, COVID happening and it being an emotional topic, hackers have started using this as a way to get people to click on email. And then what this will do is it will download a program called ransomware that will go in and just use what we call public key encryption, very basic attack, and encrypt all your data. 
The only way to get it back is to pay for the private key that will decrypt it. And unfortunately, most organizations' backup strategies are so bad that um, they have to pay it. Um, and this is one that's really been coming out of a, a particular Russian group um, the, the past year um, that that's just taken this by storm and, and upped it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and when you say coming out of a Russian group, but these attacks... Um, you know, are we are we entering are we entering a kind of a second Cold War with Russia in here, or, or you know, are the attacks all from outside, or are they from inside sometimes? Um, they're they're from they're from everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. You still get you know that's a big Russian group doing these, but I have the same software. If I decide I want to be evil, I could probably do that as well. Um, you know. It, this is this is something that has been going on quite a while, um, cyber warfare, and um, believe it or not, the the U.S. was actually one of the first to develop these. And so, uh, I think pretty much every country has some sort of cyber warfare. Uh, China traditionally was our biggest enemy when it came to this, and um, still today, you know, Russia's yeah. taken a lot of the headlines. Um, but uh, China was a big deal. Um, some of the other issues that we run into this, and this was uh, something that happened with NSA and another attack that kind of paralleled with uh, SolarWinds is if they find a vulnerability, you know, NSA is big about if they find a vulnerability in software, instead of letting the company know to patch it, they will keep it to themselves and try to exploit it on their enemies. Unfortunately, that makes everyone less secure. And there was a breach a few years ago where all these exploits came out and people all over the world, including U.S. citizens, the people NSA was supposed to protect, were now vulnerable. So this this warfare is is causing effects, ripple effects to businesses globally. Wow. Yeah. And and. Um, with so much going on, I mean, and you, as in my intro, I talked about the, it, it's increased since this pandemic. Um, yeah. And, you know, how, how just we're going to take a break in a minute, but one quick question. Um, you know, when it comes to healthcare and systems, because you're dealing with private data, you're dealing with, you're dealing with um, medical equipment that's driven by AI. I mean, how, how dangerous is this? Very um, I had a, a ransomware attack with a hospital not too long ago, uh, was before COVID, and they got hit, and we ran into issues where they were afraid if we rebooted some of the systems, life support systems would go down, um, and they weren't sure that they would come back up. Um, you know, just because an organ, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm just generalizing here for businesses, so this is not every organization, but just because an organization's big, maybe even technology-wise, doesn't mean they have the proper security controls in place or they're actually doing security. Availability is one of the tenets of security that they're now dealing with. These attacks uh, have been going forever, and um, the amount of attacks against businesses are probably the same, but what's changed is instead of installing Trojans and then trying to figure out an attack, these attackers go, um, well, I'm going to just encrypt your data and I'll get money right away and no one's questioning it. Mm -hmm. So it's become a time bomb 
um, and, and healthcare just because of the nature of the data needed and, and just tip, uh, literally life-saving measures that have to be protected, it's become a hot target. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's so scary. Well, Dave, we're going to take a quick break. And for our listeners, we are talking to Dave Cronister, and he is the founder and president of Parameter Security, which is an IT security firm based in St. Peter's, Missouri. And he's a certified ethical hacker and certified technology officer. And he possesses deep security expertise in some of the most heavily regulated industries, including financial services and healthcare. And if you'd like to learn more about param- uh, Parameter Security, please go to www.parametersecurity.com. You can reach Dave at dave.chronister at parametersecurity.com. He is on Twitter under Bajo Mojo and on Facebook under Parameter Hacker. And please reach out to him. He'd like to hear from you. You're listening to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's business station. And this show is also brought to you by Cinda Virtual. You can learn more about Cinda on www.cinda.org. And with that, we're going to take a short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Everybody has the key to a good story. Business is made up of some of the best. Starting a business from the ground up. Acquisitions, reinventing business and personal lives. Stories of fraud, lessons, good stories, and not so good ones. They all come together on Business Disrupted with Ted Gavin. We'll learn what lives behind the scenes of some of the most interesting figures and companies in business. Tune in every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Small businesses are in trouble, and it didn't just start with COVID-19. From the recession several years ago to the revolution of e-commerce giants more recently, Small businesses are getting hit hard and need to come back. Tune in to Business Buzz and Business Watch. It's two shows in one, hosted by Frank Hellring. We'll help your small business bounce back with best practices, guest experts, and resources that you can use to strengthen your small business. Listen Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Voice America. 
You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's business channel. And today we're talking about the hot topic of cybersecurity. And we are talking with Dave Cronister, and he's the founder and president of Parameter Security, which is a security firm based in St. Peter's, Missouri. And he is a certified ethical hacker, a certified technology officer, and he possesses deep security expertise in some of the most heavily regulated industries, including financial services and healthcare. So, um, Dave, we've been kind of talking about the big picture of some of the big attacks that have been in the news and the attacks on healthcare. Um, let's let's drill down a little bit because you know it's been nine months into this pandemic now, and we are all working from home. So, right. what has this really done to the world of IT security? Well, it threw everything in a tailspin. So, you know, real I, I mentioned it earlier in this interview, but. Um, security has three pillars, not only confidentiality, but integrity and availability. And availability got hit really quick. A lot of organizations weren't prepared for this. So all of a sudden, security means you're able to work like you normally do, or at least be able to get by, and no one was able to connect. So a lot of uh, workarounds, a lot of solutions were thrown in fairly quickly. Um, which they may not have been done by the most secure manner. Uh, the other issue that we've we've started running into is used to where maybe your laptop was at your office and we only had to deal with securing one network. Now everybody is spending a lot more time in their own networks, and if their home network gets breached, it could cause it could be a pathway into the corporate network. Um, it's really changing some basic networking fundamentals fundamentals that is causing us to have to change the way that we deal with security and the ongoing monitoring and protection of these systems. Mm-hmm. And and with, you know, uh, people were kind of, nobody thought we'd be working from home, okay? Yeah. I mean, what what kind of preparation, or did you see any preparation just generally on the average from, from companies, you know, yeah. um, before this pandemic? So it, it was interesting. So, you know, as you've talked about, we deal with a lot of regulations. So HIPAA, which is the, the U.S. medical protection and GLB which is banking, since 2012 and the H1N1 scare that we had in the States, pandemic planning has been a requirement. Um, And it was always interesting. We would see facts and we would see statistics and white papers that would say a pandemic expected to last 18 to 24 months. December 2020, everyone believes it now and, and has kind of accepted that this will be through 21. But before that, Even talking to some clients and saying, can you go six to eight weeks not being in your building? They would say that's unrealistic. That will never happen. So Mm -hmm. there were companies that were somewhat prepared. We did have a few companies that have dealt with stuff. Strangely enough, we have some companies that that had uh, offices or corporate offices in New York in 2001. And they took this serious because they were without a building for a couple of years. One of my clients was in the World Trade Center. Um, And then 
and, and, and what we saw is the companies that did not put planning in were the ones that were hurt the most and um, had the most damage. Uh, and in some ways, the resources, the financial loss was greater than the money they would have spent to be prepared before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so you know, when, when, when you're preparing for this, okay, or, or if they didn't prepare... Um, you know, you talked about the three pillars: if uh, confidentiality, availability, and the third was sorry, integrity. 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 Okay. You want to okay. make sure your information's correct. Right. So, um, you know, when you're planning, do you look at each each one individually, or which one first, or is it? Do you you know think about okay confidentiality, data protection because you have things like GDPR availability, you, you're not available, the company can't run. Um, is there a priority, or does it all come together in one package? It's a priority based on your company. Uh, mm-hmm. Generally, governments are more concerned with confidentiality because they have a lot of information to be uh, to be secured. Uh, where organizations, they care about confidentiality, but they need availability and integrity. You Mm -hmm. need to make sure your running business and your business uh, information is correct. Um, When we deal with something like this, this is called uh, power pandemic planning. It's what we call our business continuity uh, planning, uh, disaster recovery planning, some of the other ways that we call it. Um, And in this, you know, simply what you have to do is you have to figure out in basic terms, what is the longest you can be out of business? And then how long can you go with certain systems or certain job functions? Because again, this isn't always computer-based. Pandemic, other than working from home, was not computer-based. It was it was process and people-based. And then you have to build a plan to figure out how to work from there. Um, the problem with business continuity disaster recovery planning is it's Murphy's Laws kicks in. The second that you've thought you've planned for everything, something else will pop up. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if you plan for something like a building uh, being destroyed, you know, I'm in the Midwest in the States. I, we have tornadoes. If you expect that your building would be destroyed in a year and people would have to work remotely, that would help with a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And when 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 I'm thinking about from the organizational point of view, okay, and you're you're sending you're sending 200 employees home to work, um, as you as you talked before, the pathways their own networks, um, and and they're they're going into the organization. Um, how do you know? How does that work? I mean, um, is that part of the planning? Is there security? I mean, you know, what kind of risks are around that when they're using their own pathways to get into an organizational yeah. network? So it is part of your plan. Um, and again, it would be something along the lines of, well, we need um, a VPN access. Now, there's a large credit card technology group uh, here in the St. Louis area that had planned, for example, and they expected to have about 25% of their workforce remote with any sort of disaster. So they had VPN. Unfortunately, 100% had to go remote and it overwhelmed what they had planned, but they already had stepped first. Um, You know, again, something like a phishing attack can do ransomware, but it can also give me access to that system. So let's say you're on your home network 
and I, as a hacker, am able to get on your personal computer. Now you bring your business computer on that network. I can actually, what we call pivot our attack and start to attack network uh, systems internal to your network, on your internal network. Um, and that becomes a major issue. This is something that we typically didn't see quite as much with on-site uh, on people. So, you know, some of the some of the situations that we've seen, we've seen organizations sending routers out and creating second internet connections, or we've seen people that have create, put the guest feature of their Wi-Fi on and then put their work computer on the guest network so that way the home and the work mm. network are the same network, but the computers and the networks can't see each other logically. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are a few ways that you can decrease this. Um, unfortunately, it's just it, it's one of these we're hitting the ch- we're hitting the blackboard uh, right at the beginning and and just sit, figuring out throwing on the wall what what works what doesn't um, as we're going through it. Yeah, I can understand that. And and Dave, another question on that because that that's more on the on the pathways and the organizations. Um, mm-hmm. What what about the the third party platforms? Okay, um, I, I do. You know, we're all doing all these virtual meetings, and one day I'm using Zoom. The next day I'm using, um, you know, Google Meet. The next day I'm using Teams. The next day I'm using Go to Webinar. Okay. Um, it makes me crazy, and I can't yeah. imagine, you know, how. I mean, how secure are these when you start using these third-party platforms for communication? Yeah, so you know, one of the things to look at, one of the one of the biggest myths is you can be one hundred percent secure, right? We know that we're all going to die at some point. Yeah. We try to minimize the risk. That's the same with security. There's always going to be issues, and with that being said. These platforms ran into major security issues in spring and in summer, but all of them, every single one of them really uh, took the lead and, and was proactive about trying to resolve these as quick as possible. And, you know, end users may not realize that some of these security patches that, that uh, Teams or Zoom put out are actually remarkable how quick they were doing this. Now, third, other third-party cloud platforms, you know, from a security uh, perspective, it actually changes the business requirement. The business can't, you, you can outsource your technology, you can't outsource your risk. So you have to do vendor due diligence on this. And, and the belief that, well, it's on the cloud, it must be secure. As someone that does forensics and breaks into organizations, I can tell you that's not always the case. Um, one of the things I like to tell my clients when we start to talk about, you know, cloud, third party, and, and is it secure for my needs is replace the word cloud with someone else's computer. So you go, you know, my accounting software is on someone else's computer. How does that make you feel? My marketing uh, platform is on someone else's computer. And that will start to give you an understanding because that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. It will give you an understanding of what your acceptable risk is. With a lot of these platforms, it's not necessarily their security. It's that you're putting information or doing processes on those that require more security than these uh, platforms are designed for. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that, that makes sense to me. Um, Dave, you know, so, you know, we're doing this and we're talking to people and we're and you're using these third party, but then it also comes down to what you said in the beginning, okay? Um, this fishing that has increased and we're in an emotional time. I mean, none of us want to be sitting in front of our computers 24 hours a day, but we are. Um, we have a tendency to go look at emails. Um, what, you know, has this sophistication from this phishing in, gotten, you know, increased since the pandemic? Not really. It, it's, it's just changed its tactics a bit. Um, it's found a global um, audience that, like you said, we're, we're, on, we're, we're, our nerves are fried. And um, because of that, it's become very easy. And this is something that's not new. We Part of the testing we do is social engineering. I've done everything from sending phishing emails to I've broken in the bank, walking in as the pesticide guy, and was joking <laughs> with everyone while I hacked all their computers. Oh you know, it's, uh, it, it is a natural tendency for humans to be trusting the, the biggest myth you hear out there is I can, only stupid people are social engineered. Well, my retort is only stupid people think that stupid people are the ones that get mm-hmm. hit. It's, it's if I can get you feeling emotional. And, and it's, it's the prime target right now. The other problem we run into and the reason why it's become so popular during remote is we call sneaker net, you know, basically where you can walk around. Well, you don't have sneaker net in your home like you do in the office. Someone is in their cube and they get a weird email. Their coworkers on the other cube in the other cube and they go, wow, I just got a weird email. They now have two people looking at it and, and some some logic may get in there over the emotion. You don't have that now. You don't yeah. you're not texting or messaging your coworkers going, I got you know every email you have. Um, so, so just, it's a perfect, uh, combination hasn't really gotten more sophisticated. They've just found a perfect subject. Um, and this will continue long after the pandemic is gone. This will also be a major, um, a, a major target because humans can be your strongest allies or your weakest, uh, position. Mm -hmm. Um, and, just an employee being logged into one of your computers has elevated access that can be exploited against you. There's just no way around it. Yeah. And then, Dave, I just had a thought when you were talking, you know, you know, with all these, with the access and these network pathways and stuff, you know, we all have the kids at home now, okay? Yeah. Um, you know, you, you, you've got, you know, 10 people in a, in a house or five people in a house or three or two who never used it, and they're all home learning. That just opens up more mm-hmm. pathways, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I, I mean, every, basically, every, most every human being on the face of the earth right now has become a prime target or candidate for phishing attacks. This has never happened in history, and we may not ever see it happen again. So, everyone is yep. is vulnerable, and that causes a very risky environment for every network out there. 
Yeah. Good. So with this risky environment, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, Dave, we'll talk about what we can do. Okay. You know, what we can do as individuals, what we can do as organizations to, to try to protect ourselves. And for our listeners, we are talking to Dave Cronister and he's the founder and president of Parameter Security. And this is an IT security firm based in St. Peter's, Missouri. He's a certified ethical hacker and a certified technology officer. And Dave possesses deep security expertise in some of the most heavily regulated industries, including financial services and healthcare. And if you'd like to learn more about Parameter Security, please go to their website, www.parametersecurity.com. You can reach directly to Dave, and he's at dave.chronister at parametersecurity.com. He is on Facebook under Parameter Hacker, and he is under Twitter under um, Bajo Mojo, right? B-A-G-O. It's a blues Bajo. reference, yeah. Okay, it's a blues reference. I cut it. Okay. You know, you can find him on Twitter under B-A-G-O-M-O-J-O. And please do reach out to Dave. And this broadcast has also been brought to you by Cinda Virtual. And you can learn more about Cinda, which is the largest digital um, nonprofit digital marketing association in Europe. And you can learn more about them under www.cinda.org. And with that, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about prevention. What can we do? Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Everybody has the key to a good story. Business is made up of some of the best. Starting a business from the ground up. Acquisitions, reinventing business and personal lives. Stories of fraud, lessons, good stories, and not so good ones. They all come together on Business Disrupted with Ted Gavin. We'll learn what lives behind the scenes of some of the most interesting figures and companies in business. Tune in every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Small businesses are in trouble, and it didn't just start with COVID-19. From the recession several years ago to the revolution of e-commerce giants more recently, Small businesses are getting hit hard and need to come back. Tune in to Business Buzz and Business Watch. It's two shows in one, hosted by Frank Hellring. We'll help your small business bounce back with best practices, guest experts, and resources that you can use to strengthen your small business. Listen Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's business channel. And I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And today we're talking about the very hot subject of cybersecurity and internet security. And we are talking with one of the world's experts, Dave Cronister. And he's the founder and president of Parameter Security, a security firm based in St. Peter's, Missouri. He's a certified ethical hacker and a certified technology officer, and he possesses deep security expertise in some of the most heavily regulated industries, such as financial services and healthcare. Um, so, Dave, we've covered a, a lot. We kind of started out talking about some of the big stuff going on, and then um, what's happening with all of us working virtually. And we're just talking about phishing, okay? And um, you know how this pandemic has made us more emotional and maybe maybe more vulnerable. So, what what can we do as an individual, or what if you're talking about prevention? As an individual talking to me, working from home, you know, what, how can we protect ourselves from this? So I think, you know, as an end user, as an employee, as just a home user, uh, some of the things to keep in mind is don't fall into some traps. Don't fall in the trap of believing just because software is out there that it's secure. And just because they say they're secure, that you don't have to worry about it. Um, the other is is the myth that uh, security software is 100% effective. It's not. Um, it, it's easy to bypass antivirus if I'm creating a Trojan. It's, it's like a lock on my door. I can kick the door in, but it's still good for me to have a lock to prevent a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Be very vigilant. Um, again, there are a lot of these phishing attacks are bypassing security uh, controls that you may have. So, you know, have your personal responsibility. Don't just click on it. Um, Think twice about it. Uh, Wait a couple minutes before you may respond to an email that has you emotionally charged in any way. And and just because software says it's 100% effective, don't believe it, but also don't fall into the trap of going, well, it's not 100% effective. I don't need it. You know, it, it's just common sense these days. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's from the individual point of view. Let's let's look at it from the organization because there's there's this myth that only in you know insecure companies get attacked. Okay. Right. I mean, is that true or is that a myth or can you talk about no. that a little bit? Yeah. So, you know, you come into um, what is secure and, you know, there is not a single entity in the world that's 100% secure. There's always acceptable risk. We're in the, we're in the business of uh, determining 
what is acceptable risk, not eliminating risk, you know, and as a business, we need to figure out where we feel comfortable. Just because the government's doing it this way doesn't mean that that's good for my business. Um, and, and really just, uh, you know, the other, the other thing to keep in mind is just because you're hacked doesn't mean blinky lights are going to show up or you're <laughs> going to get any notifications about it. They are very stealthy. Think about this. An organization that tells you they've been breached, at least they know about it. Can your organization actually say the same thing? Many can't, and there are a lot of organizations that have been breached. They just don't know about it yet. Mm -hmm. And so what should organizations do to protect themselves? And I'm thinking also to protect their employees because in this virtual world, but what, what should they be doing? Yeah, um, don't don't bury your head in the sand. This is a reality, and you can lose. It may seem expensive at the beginning to put these controls in, but you can lose a lot more in the long run. And and keep in mind, this isn't just confidentiality or availability; it's integrity. We want to make sure people are doing the same thing the same way, the company way, over and over. So it goes beyond technology. Along those lines. Your, your network is a building. It's an, you know, we architect it. You're not going to architect a building without good blueprints. That's what your policy is. Technology without any sort of policy or effective policy, you're just throwing stuff uh, into your network and hoping it will work without any plan or strategy. You're going to end up with a more expensive, less effective security program than if you actually plan it. Make sure you're doing good policy. Mm-hmm. And and talking about policy, because, I mean, policies have probably changed, I mean, in the pandemic with all this virtual. So is it important for organizations to relook at their policies and rewrite their policies as the situation changes? Yeah. Um, and so when you start to look at policy, you actually have three levels. You have the policy, which is an overarching statement. Um, CINDA wants to ensure that their uh, clients and, and that their members are their, their email or their information is protected. Mm-hmm. That will not change. You have your standards. How are we going to do that? We're going to use this encryption. We're going to use this encryption. Then we have our procedures. How do we make sure we're implementing that encryption? Uh, what we see is the standards and the policies are changing. You know, the other big thing is Policy should not be law books or the Bible. Quit using legalese. Make it simple and effective. A 500-page policy is ineffective because no one's going to read it. A lot of things that <laughs> you are trying to do in 10 pages, you can do in half of a page. Uh, make sure it's clear, concise, and effective, and everybody follows it. Other thing to keep in mind, policy is not your technology person's problem. It is you as the business leader saying, this is how my organization is going to run. And this includes physical security. This includes processes and technology. You need to be the one that is ultimately responsible for good policy. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what about, you know, if, as you're putting these policies together and these standards together and procedures together, what about how effective are our audits, um, some of the things you do, you know, vulnerability yeah. audits, wireless network audits, uh, how important are those? Yes, it, they're very important, and that, that's why a lot of regulations worldwide require them. Um, what you're getting is not only are we coming in and 
you know, we like to say assessments these days because audits, you just either pass or fail. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not only validating, but we're experts that just live security. And we're dealing with these where, you know, IT people internally have to deal with productivity. Their main focus is making sure the systems are running for their end users. And despite all the issues you may have with your software, we are trying. Um, but we are able to give them insight and recommendations other people have uh, have maybe done that they have not heard of. So they're extremely important. Um, a good auditor is not there to tell you if you've passed or failed. A good auditor, a good assessor is an organization that is wanting to, at the end of the day, make sure that you understand where your security should be and then help you achieve it through recommendations and, and policy. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and alongside of these um, assessments, as you say today, because you're right, audit is kind of a, a bad word because it's everything's yeah. so developing. Um, there's also there's also the other the other the outside looking in and in the three pillars you talked about before in confidentiality availability and integrity, um, governments are are very much invo- involved in confidentiality. Okay, especially around things like data protection. Um, you, you have CCPA in California in the states. You have GDPR in 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 Europe, um, how important in this, in this time where ransomware and phishing has increased, how important is it for organizations to understand the roles or the roles, the rules and the policies around governments? Um, It's very important, especially in um, how it affects them. You know, the issue with government regulation is governments can, take you out of business. They can prevent you from operating in their country. Um, organizations need to be aware of that. HIPAA in the United States may, may be a hassle. GDPR is, is a major hassle. But if you're not following it, you can at the very least be fined into financial issues, at the most be shut down. Um, this is something that needs to be taken seriously. Now, the other thing to keep in mind Governments are not uh, necessarily the best secured. It's a myth. I mean, I had a government I did training for. They told me about a breach their military had uh, where the government had to, the the hacker actually had to patch and upgrade the systems so their malware was actually stable. So, you know, it's bad when when, uh, the hacker's securing you. That's not uncommon. They're trying their best. This is a brave new world for everyone, right? We don't, we're, we're making this up as we go along. But they do have good guidance to, to help the business world to say, hey, this is what we're doing. Maybe this is good for my business. Again, it comes down to what your acceptable level of uh, risk is in your mm-hmm. organization. Yeah. And, and I think, Dave, you know, speaking from, from the European point of view here on, on things like GDPR, it's important, as you said, you could go out of business if you're if you have a breach and you're not reporting, you know, the breach to European residents and CPCPA in California has the same, very similar to GP, GDPR. So, I mean, it, 
it's kind of a pain in the butt, but it's important. You know? um, right. Really. Yeah. yeah. And, so and they, you know, a lot of the regulations like this are like GDPR it is horribly written. PCI mm-hmm. is horribly written for yeah. credit cards. These are horribly written, but you have to get around them. Yeah. And it's not as easy as going, hey, we're having an audit in two months. Let's fix it. Yeah. It, it won't work that way. So, yeah, you, you are putting yourself in a, in a major um, risky situation if you just ignore this or you don't put the time and energy into it like you're supposed to. Yeah, so we're getting towards the end of the show, Dave. Um, I think we could go on for another hour, but we're going to yeah. have to wrap up soon. So for, for our audience, we have a lot of leaders out there, okay? Um, you know, our audience is is mostly in business and a lot of leaders. If you had, like, um, three major tips, just quick tips on what to do or even two tips on what to do now to protect yourself, what would that be? Yeah, the, the key is now. Start with what you have. Figure out what you have. Don't don't wait to see. We're going to secure ourselves before we really address it. Let's get this software in. Take an inventory of what your security is. Do a risk assessment. You can make this real informal. Get the experts in the room and go, what are our biggest risks as a business? Don't focus just directly on technology. Technology is a tool. Look at your processes. And, and, and technology may be the major... Uh, uh, weak spot in your organization, but it's not the only one. Embezzlement can happen without technology. Um, and then finally, understand it's okay not to be 100% secure. On one side of the uh, of the security line is totally secure. On the other is usability. The more secure you become, the less usable it is. So you need to find out what that what that level of security is. This is not a one day, January, we start in October, we'll be secure. This is an ever-evolving, getting better at this. You'll start to identify that, but keep that in mind. It's a business process. Um, and then don't believe marketing. Uh, just because someone says it's 100% secure, that's a marketing thing. You want to work with organizations that will tell you, yes, we understand that we're not 100% secure. No one is. But here's what we're doing to better protect mm-hmm. your information. If, if an organization can't tell you how, what they're doing to security, you're, you're doing a major risk. And it, it will fall on you at the end mm-hmm. of the day. Yeah. Great advice for our listeners, Dave. Thank you so much. And for our listeners, we've been listening to to Dave Chronister, and he's the founder and president of Parameter Security, um, an IT security firm based in St. Peter's, Missouri. He's a certified ethical hacker, certified technology officer. Um, Dave possesses deep security expertise in some of the most heavily regulated industry, financial services, and healthcare. And he's a great guy. Thank you, Dave. (laughs) Thank you, Kimberly, for having me on. So great to have you again. So please, listeners, reach out to Dave. He's at www.parametersecurity.com. And you can reach out to him directly at dave.chronister and parametersecurity.com. On Twitter under Bago Mojo, okay, B A G O M O J O, and on Facebook under Parameter Hacker. 
And this show has been also brought to you by Cinda. And Cinda is one of Europe's fastest growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. And they hold digital conferences both virtually and live. And you can get their conferences and their webinars on www.cinda.org 24 hours a day. So please visit cinda.org. Now you've been listening to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's business station, and I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. Please for, don't forget to tune in to us every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific time. And if you happen to miss us, don't worry about it because we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Stitcher, we're on every major podcast channel. And please remember to tune in to us each week. And once again, Dave, you t- stay safe there in Missouri. Okay. And hope to see you soon when uh, we can travel and uh, the EU can visit the US-, U.S. and vice versa. And until stay safe. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And listeners wishing you stay safe also. And please tune in next week. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.